it's Jim, it's the World of Bonds, it's Thursday the 4th of November 2021, happy Diwali if you can hear uh, fireworks going off in the background this evening here, this is for professional investors only, never ever investment advice, fireworks too at the Bank of England today, an extraordinary day really for central bank communication policy, as one broker note put it, it wasn't just that the Bank of England didn't hike, they sang a different song. Uh, If you think back to two weeks ago, Andrew Bailey, the governor of the Bank of England, was using terms like, we will have to act. Um, Hugh Pill, the chief economist, was also sending out hawkish noises. Um, And I think the market pricing, the bond markets going into today's meeting, had priced in a 15 basis point hike from bank rate at the moment of 0.1 up to 25 basis points. Instead, we got the vote results, which were 7-2 in favour of keeping rates down at 0.1%. And often at times like this, you get an initial bond market reaction, um, in this case a, a rally in short gilts. But then the central bankers themselves come out in a press conference subsequently where they manage the tone and message it slightly different. And so I think a few people are expecting a slightly hawkish press conference in the wake of this no change decision. And that wasn't at all really what we got. We did get a a dovish press conference as well. And as a result of that, uh, two-year gilt yields are, well, at the start of the day, they're at 70 basis points and they're closing this evening at 50 basis points. Five-year gilt yields um, are down 19 basis points, 10 years down 13 basis points, and 30-year bonds are down six basis points. The other big uh, mover, of course, was the pound which was priced for higher interest rates, and that was down over a percent against the US dollar and down broadly against all all currencies. Now, this doesn't mean that rate hikes uh, aren't coming. They probably still are, um, because when you look at the Bank of England forecasts, inflation only gets back to below target, below 2% on the CPI measure, assuming market pricing of interest rates. And at the time, the forecasts that they were using had bank rate at 1% in around about a year's time. So they were saying that with the market expectations of interest rates, it was with that that they needed to get inflation back to target. So there's still an implication that rate hikes are needed. But nevertheless, I think that the big story, and I'm looking at tomorrow's newspaper uh, headlines already, so on the front page of the Times business uh, paper at the moment, uh, the headline is Bailey denies misleading investors after rates hold. Um, he has come out and said it isn't his job to guide financial markets on interest rates, but I, I think, you know, it's a bit of a, um, a question, really, given that's what exactly what central banks have been doing, what Andrew Bailey has been doing, and the Bank of England. It, it is kind of their job to guide on interest rates, and it is exactly what they have been doing. So I think this is a case of having got the messaging somewhat wrong, um, people a bit disappointed with that, um, but uh, you know, to see a good tweet from Five Minute Macro um, a few seconds ago. I seem to be the only one on here who's not convinced the Bank of England did much wrong today. Sure, Bailey's not the most sure-footed operator, but most of the antipathy seems to come from market operators used to being hand-fed grapes by obedient central bankers, which comes down to uh, I think the the idea, you know, the, the Maradona theory of monetary policy where you deliberately almost, um, uh, well, guide markets in certain directions but don't allow them too much surety about what you're going to do. I think there is a difference, though, between 
not allowing them surety about the future path of interest rates and telling them effectively that they're going to go up or down and they're not doing it. So I think there's a difference between the bit of openness and mysterious uh, ways without such an explicit move. Having said that, uh, you know, that it's, uh, it's not the end of the world. The thing is, I think they could have got away with the rate hike today. I, I, I'm not personally in favour of uh, a rate hike at, at the moment because I think there are too many imponderables around ending a furlough and... Um, lots of the tax hikes and stuff that are coming through to the UK. But if, if you were the Bank of England governor, the thing that I, I think would have worried me would, would have been if this was going to feed through into mortgage rates pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, um, David Parkinson of Royal Bank of Canada um, gave me some data on the UK mortgage market. Uh, you know, just quite surprised by how little of it is floating rate nowadays. You go back to 2016 even, 50% of the stock of mortgages in the UK was floating rate in nature. But not only a 95% of new mortgages fixed rate, but the, you know pretty much uh, that stock of outstanding has fallen as well, a floating rate. So from 50%, it's now down to 20%. And the average maturity of a UK mortgage has gone up from a year and nine months over that period to about three and a half years. So UK households are not so exposed to rising interest rates as they were of course eventually this will feed through you know the average maturity will come down over the years and more and more people will be impacted by paying more on their their interest rates but certainly the degree of sensitivity with only five percent of new mortgages on floating rates is um, much much less than it was before so a very very interesting day in in bond markets the uk did lead global bond market yields down so looking at the us right now 10 year um 10 year yield to down eight basis points and similar story pretty much everywhere you look around the globe so you know not often the uk leads the rest of global bond markets but it's happening today meanwhile yesterday on wednesday the Fed did deliver exactly uh, a boring, in line with expectations, FOMC meeting, uh, but they did quite a lot there. You know, they did announce that they would be tapering. So the beginning of the end of quantitative easing is now happening in the United States. Um, you'd think of this as a, a bearish thing to happen, but it communicated a long time in advance. So at the moment, um, they are buying $120 billion worth of uh, bonds every month as part of QE. They're going to be reducing that by $15 billion a month from now on. So QE in the United States should be done in terms of flow, in terms of buying new stuff by the middle of next year, around about June. Um, doesn't mean they're unwinding it, doesn't mean they'll shrink the size of the balance sheet, but this relentless buying that we've seen um, will come to an end and it's starting to come to an end now. And rate hikes are implied too in the United States. As I say, it's a rally today, so the, the, these expectations have come down a little bit, but they're still expecting two hikes from the Fed over the course of 2022. So, you know, I think it's certainly clear that the days of very very easy monetary policy and quantitative easing uh, are coming to an end but it does look like that isn't going to be as a bigger bang in terms of higher rates at the moment as perhaps people might have thought before 12 o'clock today.
um, have a good time. As I said, um, I probably will be talking to um, one of my colleagues about COP26 tomorrow. So hence I'm doing a, a late night Uncle Jim special today, given how extraordinary um, the reaction was to the Bank of England with that um, 20 basis point rally in two year gilts today. Speak to you tomorrow, perhaps. Bye.